0: Hello and good afternoon, I hope uh, you're having a great uh, 4th of July weekend, although this is a bit belated. But my name is Tariq, and this is the Morning Star Journal. Um, this is a podcast that I created um, some time ago basically to talk about different um, things that are just on my mind. Usually, I stick with entertainment stuff, so I take some time to talk about movies, books, TV shows, uh, video games, just about anything and everything that's just kind of on my mind, or uh, things that I've uh, really enjoyed, with the few exceptions of things that I just absolutely did not, um, uh, was not entertained with, we'll just say, and uh, you know, those uh, pockets usually, I'm, it's usually meant as a warning to anyone who wants to try these things. Um, aka, if anyone remembers, the Predator 2018 Stay away from that one at all costs. But anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're actually going to talk about something that I have really enjoyed, really liked. It's a book uh, written by Anthony Ryan called Bloodsong, which is actually part of, or actually the uh, first part of his Raven Shadow Trilogy, but... Before I get into that, as well as talk a little bit about the new book, I uh, just want to do a little bit of housekeeping of uh, just a few things that have gone on. So if you're listening today, yes, it has been a couple of weeks since my last podcast. I uh, do apologize about that work's been getting kind of crazy and also um, you know I've uh, mentioned this before about falling for the whole numbers game and uh, seeing the kind of lack of numbers in my most recent ones. And um, I just needed to take some time to kind of recharge and hopefully um, see what I can do to make things better. Um, If you are listening and you have any suggestions, of course, or if you have certain subjects you'd like me to bring on, or um, maybe if you think I should um add somebody uh for instance i enjoy having david from uh car thoughts with david uh along with me on a lot of different things so um if you think my show would do better with maybe uh, an extra host or a guest star so often please you let me know um usually i do this through anchor so anchor does have a voice message option that you can leave me a voice message in comments uh but if you prefer to write something down you can also send me a message at the morning star journal all spelled out so the morning star journal no spaces no dots at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Star Journal... and journal spelled J R N L. Um, I also, uh, every so often, I do uh, try to post on YouTube every so often. So um, you can usually find a uh, few gameplay things. Recently, I've kind of put on Warf- uh, Warframe because I've been really enjoying that game. I've been playing it for uh, several months now almost coming up to well it'll be a few more months before it's a full year but it's a game I've really enjoyed and I've got a few things I want to talk about that as well but um, I do want to give a little shout out to uh, back to David again who has started doing a little bit of streaming and he's actually streaming a few RPGs so if you check out his channel which his uh, Twitch channel that he goes by is Styles by 3 And what David usually does is he actually has playthroughs of several RPGs. I've seen him do uh, Final Fantasy uh, VII. I think he's done Final Fantasy IX. And he's done Lunar, which I thought that was actually pretty cool. Because I remember playing that game um, on PlayStation when it first came out. And it really did amaze me as far as the level of animation and the quality and it was just an overall fun RPG and he's actually playing through it right now so if you have a chance check out his like I said his Twitch channel you may catch him uh, playing it for a couple hours uh, but he's also doing uh, Final Fantasy he said he's going to start doing Final Fantasy 8 and even Dragon Quest and I really want to commend him uh, because that's kind of one of the things that uh, brings his channel and he does a lot of um you know kind of bring his thoughts and his uh experiences but also um you know what he's enjoyed he's also a writer um and if you also have a chance he has one of his uh major novels that he brought out called hurtling towards a home is first of i hope another series if you have a chance to read it you'll definitely know what i'm talking about when i say i hope there's going to be a series of books but um It's really cool that he started to uh, do that stream, and, and I hope that he continues, because he does give, even though uh, he says he doesn't do the research that I do, but I really only do just like a handful of research, he has an amazing memory about not only the things he's done, but the games he's played and his own experiences that he gives a whole different feel to it, so um, I just want to give a shout out to him, and um, best of luck, and hope he continues with that but with that out of the way and um another thing that i want to talk about is um kind of Warframes. that uh it's a game that i've been uh, playing for a while and i've had a lot of fun with it i play it off and on but i was trying to introduce it to a friend and unfortunately he it does he hadn't taken away from it um a good friend of mine named jeremy and um even though uh you know, we have a lot of different opinions on things, which makes us pretty good friends. Um, one thing, I guess, what he said that kind of I I felt he was wrong about. Usually, I don't think he's wrong on a few things. The thing is, he has his own opinion on certain things. But one thing that at least I feel he's wrong is about how he thinks that uh, Warframe is a pay-to-win um game and i would respectfully disagree with that now he does have a problem with the gameplay which eh, i can see it it's if you ever if you have a chance to play warframe it is completely free game i mean it is completely free like you don't pay anything to download it you don't pay anything to keep playing it you don't have to pay you don't have to pay anything for uh new weapons or the new Warframes. Um, I did a complete video on this a couple, about a month or so back. So if you want to listen to my full review there, but just a quick thing on Warframe it's a completely free game available on the PS4. Um, Xbox One, PC, and now it's actually on the Switch as well. Unfortunately, it's not crossplay, which is unfortunate. But, you know, for a free game, I mean, you can't exactly... You're, you can't expect the world. You're not paying anything for it. Um, they do have options to pay for things like Platinum or to get certain Warframes, which are these basic... Uh, short synopsis is these types of suits that have different abilities and different stats but even though you can pay to get different ones you can also just farm them within the game the game gives you uh, several um missions and abilities to actually build these things on your own so you don't have to pay anything for them on top of that, even if you do pay for them, they start out, if you pay for any kind of weapons or the frames or even mods, they start out at base. You have to play the game to actually level them. And until you start leveling them, yeah, you might be able to get away with a few missions here and there, some basic ones, but a lot of the later missions aren't going to mean a hill of beans. Even if you have... Even if you bought some of the most expensive Warframes, if you haven't been playing the game and leveling your frame and leveling the mods and leveling your weapons, they're not going to do any good. So I don't think it's a pay-to-win scenario. I think that, uh, honestly, I think Warframe has the best uh, play for... um, the best paid platform out there. I don't think there's any one that's better. I mean, for what you're getting that's completely free the game's amazing and the level of things that you can pay for which is totally optional is up to you i think is perfect none of the um expansions they make are are paid none of the weapons that even though you can pay for them they're behind like a paywall there's none of that the only things that are behind any kind of maybe wall are like these special promotions if you watch their channel or if you have twitch prime or if you're on the playstation plus you know there's things like that Um, but those are usually just cosmetic things maybe you have access to a weapon a little bit earlier but it's not it's not game changing it's not like game breaking stuff so um like i said his his opinion on it i know it's his opinion but and i'm not going to argue him on the gameplay side of things um the story is something that kind of picks up later and i think that's just the design of the game is that they kind of made this game got it out there and then a little bit later like oh well We need to keep people around. Okay, let's start adding this story. And they added it later, but it's kind of hard to try to redo your entire game from the beginning. So a lot of the story elements happen later. And you can kind of pick them up early. Because, like, for instance, I did Fortuna, which is one of the more recent expansions way before I did any of the other... Um, War within and second quest, like a couple of us or second vision something. There was other quests that I could, that I should have been doing earlier before I jumped into that one. But just because of how the game progressed, it allowed me to jump into Fortuna Boy before you know realistically before I kind of should have I should have I should have actually done the long way but it allowed me to kind of skip it but Um, I've really enjoyed it and I wish you'd give it a second shot but if anyone's listening if you want a fun it's a third-person shooting game Um, it's a lot of grinding so it's a lot of things you're just you know there's a lot of farming stuff but I think the action is fast paced Um, it seems like uh, I've had a lot of fun with it Um, it is a game that you can pick up for a few minutes to do a couple missions or Hey, it's on the weekend. You're like me doing laundry and you just want to kill a couple of hours. You can do both. So definitely check that out. But anyway, down to the real meat of the... Podcast today is that I wanted to talk about a book series because he's got a new one coming out um, by an author named Anthony Ryan. Now, he was born in Scotland in 1970, so I would consider that a modern um, uh, author. I mean, he's not that much older than I am, Um, though he spent a lot of time in London and he had a long career in the British civil service, which I think makes a lot of sense because his there's three major uh series that I've read, and I've actually read um all of his trilogies. I haven't, or sorry, his uh two trilogies, and then there's one kind of just series, it's like five books, but it's they're shorter, um, almost novellas, but they are longer than your average novella, but I still enjoy them. But anyway, um, they all—if you think about it—they deal. Your main, their main characters are always part of a, um, not necessarily an army, but a military force of some sort. Um, so, for instance, one of this series is called *Slab City Blues*, which is a kind of future, this futuristic almost noirist detective story that takes place on basically a satellite, a, um, a satellite colony that orbits earth. And um, it's broken up into five separate stories. I actually talked about that on my very first podcasts i kind of brushed over a lot of the stories and i've been meaning to go back to them to kind of talk into more detail but uh slap city blues is a really cool series that i really enjoyed it does unfortunately wrap up in the fifth book like for the most part like the character's art kind of does end but it's a really good series that i wish would continue and every time i read it i've enjoyed it and i also think this would make a hell of a Netflix series if it ever came out. Just the way, it, the way it portrays, the way it feels, and the way the story goes, it's like I feel like it could be done on a modest budget. Like even though it takes place in space, you're in a space station for the most part. So like a lot of these movies I've seen that, you know, because you're in a Bunker. Um, if, you, if you've uh, watched recently um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for instance, their new base is this lighthouse where it actually doubled as in the previous season. It doubled as this kind of, um, when they were sent to the future, as this kind of... Um, last uh last uh sanctuary for humanity but then when they went back into the present uh that same location was used as their base so i think like they can for what you'd have to do in subsidy blues Um, a lot of things would be kind of like these kind of tunnels and ducts that are easily made or just regular locations you just would you know green screen instead of a sky you would have uh, kind of like conduits or you know Uh, scaffold whatever you know on top so uh, Slap City Blues is a great series I think he wrote another one is the Draconis Memoria Trilogy which is this kind of fantasy steampunk type uh, setting but with dragons and it's a really interesting series dealing with, um, these dragon creatures that their blood is used as a curative, but also some people are, uh, some people have the ability to, um, when they drink the dragon blood, they gain certain abilities and it follows, uh, a couple of people who have that but there's a deeper story that involves um, these different kingdoms and this kind of uh, big uh, company that's um, expanded into different territories but also of the dragons themselves even though they are mostly depicted as basically animals there are a few that are very intelligent and unfortunately since they live a very long time have long memories um it's a great series if you're looking for kind of this kind of fantasy but with a kind of modern twist a uh, slightly modern twist to it you can't go wrong with Dragus Memoria and to kind of get on to the book that I want to talk about um Andy Ryan has a new book coming out later on uh this month oh and kind of going back to draconis memoria that's also another series that i will definitely be talking about sometime because i've really enjoyed it uh but i won't be reading those books for a while because he has a new book coming out called, if I got it correct here, The Wolf's Call, uh, which is supposedly part of the Raven's Blade. Now, right now on Wikipedia, they're calling it a duology, um, which only mean two books, but I kind of have this feeling that he's either going to make it a trilogy or maybe this will be a start of a series. Uh, I've seen the same thing happening with a different author named Pierce Brown, who had done the Red Rising trilogy at first. And at the end of the trilogy, it seemed like, okay, well, yeah, this looks like, um, you know, you could end the series here, even though it does have a lot of things where different characters you could see would go on. But now there's two books that have come out. So the third part of the book, which Coincidentally enough, it was called Morning Star, but for a completely different reason. Um, he had a new book came out called Iron Gold, and now, also later on this month, his new book called Dark Ages. And now, Red Verizon is now called Red Rising series rather than the Red Rising trilogy. So, what I'm hoping is for Anthony Ryan, he's kind of doing the same thing, but. Um, but, and you'll kind of find out when I talk about this, in Wolf's Call, it's called the Raven Blade series, whereas the previous book um, that Blood Sun started, it's called the Raven's Shadow series. And I think that might be because um, the Wolf's Call seems like it picks up with Valen. And Valen Sorn, and name is Valen Alsorna. And he's the main character from Bloodsong that we initially uh, follow. So let's get into Bloodsong real quick. And for that, we're going to take but a moment. I think I will try to find, let's see. How do we want to do this? Uh, ah, cause it's, it, so this is funny. So I picked up, I can't remember. I think Song was, um, uh, suggested to me by a good friend of mine. And she actually suggests, uh, quite a few fantasy books. She actually gave me another one to look into soon that I might have to start reading. But, um, Bloodsong was one I believe that she got me into and Anthony Ryan. And when I first read that one, I then started reading all the other books and not only the other um, books within that series, but all his other works as well, which led me to um, find out about Slap City Blues and then later uh, Wake and Fire, part of that Draconis Memoriam series. But um, his books I've only really purchased. Uh, through Kindle, I never got any of his books, uh, any physical copies, and um, I think that would be one where if, if I knew he was gonna be like a re- like near me, if if I found out he was going to a he was gonna do a show or tour near me, I'd probably get one just to have him sign it. But otherwise, I enjoy just getting physical copies. But because I don't have the physical copy, I don't have the normal kind of like back panel of the book that I normally read out whenever we have these, um, whenever I have this kind of uh, retrospective on a book series. So I'm pulling up the one from Kindle, so I'll read this one. Valen Alsorna was only a child of 10 when his father left him at the Iron Gate of the Sixth Order, a cast of devoted a caste devoted to battle. Valen will be trained and hardened to the asture, asture, celibate, and dangerous life of a warrior of the faith. He has no family now save the order. Valen's father was battle lord to King Janus, ruler of the unified realm, and Valen's rage at being deprived of his birthright knows no bound he even cherished memories of his mother are soon challenged by what he learns within the order but one truth overpowers all the rest bill announced is destined for a future that has that he has yet to comprehend a future that will alter not only the realm but the world now the only part i think i disagree with this is his rage at being deprived of his birthright um it's I know one of those things that when you read the book, yes, he is upset that he was given up, but it's more or less that he's upset that he has to go through these hardships and also what he sees around him. So the basic plot is very similar to what it just said, is that um, one night, his um, Valen's father wakes up, wakes him up, and takes him to the sixth order now the order is basically this cast of i want to say kind of warrior style monks that they operate to help the realm but also they adhere to what they call the faith the major kind of um religion of the area of that area and the Sixth Order are the more, I would say, kind of the more militant ones. Think of them almost like the Jedi Knights. Or um, if you're like me, a World of Warcraft fan, like the Paladins. They follow the religion of the faith, but they also train to be these warriors of the faith to assist the king if they need to um normally they'll either assist by being like the generals or helpers in there, aren't in the armies or going on missions themselves and there's other orders that we later find out we find out we they talk about a few in this book and then a lot of them come to play a little bit later um but they're trained at a very early age which kind of reminded me of the jedi However, unlike the Jedi, which I don't know, this might be true and uh, they never really go into, uh, at least in the movies, they never did. In the books, they may have a little bit, but I don't think they went too deep into the training. With it, When it comes to the Sixth Order, though, there have been known people to die from it. Because uh, a lot of their training, not only with different style weapons, unarmed combat, but also being able to live out in the wild. Um, with no, with absolutely no supervision, uh, and this is what happens with Valen a couple of times where uh, during two different te- during one of his tests um, he stumbles upon a couple of outlaws who are actually hunting him down. Well, at least he believes they're hunting him down, uh, and they and they inadvertently because he was doing this test with um, other. Um, other recruits, or in this case other children, because they're all around age 10 or 11 when they're first inducted, they actually these outlaws actually stumble upon a different um, a a different colleague of his, and they kill him and when Valen finds out, he actually, he ends up uh, killing one that almost shoots him with an arrow, and then a strange wolf appears to kill the other two and the wolf is very interesting because the wolf character will actually appear several times in the book and of course is the name of the uh, new series uh, wolf's call which is definitely not a, um, a coincidence and the first book you follow valen all the way through and the book is told through his point of view with the one exception is that the book is broken up into, I believe, five, well, majorly four parts. There's a fifth part, which kind of leads to an epilogue at the end. Um, so technically there are five parts, but each part you get these, you get is a tale told by um, Veneers, who's this chronicler for the king of a different land, of the Alperin, um kingdom. So basically through the course of the book you find out that in the what's happening in the this is kind of like the prologue slash what happens in the middle of each of these parts or when each of these parts come up we have this account what's called veneer's count and basically a little bit later Valen is uh Captured and he's being held prisoner by the emperor of this different land, the Alperin Alperin Empire. And he is being uh, basically traded to be taken to the Meldean Islands where he's going to have to fight their great warrior called the Shield. Now, there's another reason behind it that Valen's father actually uh, burnt down one of their major cities. So they feel that this is um, recompense and revenge for what Valen's father did. Um, also, everyone's expecting Valen to die because he's been in prison now, at least from Veneer's account, for five years. And, you know... He, and since he's been in prison for this long they feel like oh his skill is his is uh, diminished he's not and also you know he has a legend that follows him but when you see him he seems like just a normal uh, soldier so it's you know these legends probably embellished what he can really do and pretty much everyone's thinking oh we're just sending him to his death um, So veneers. Um, and Veneers has a special hate for him because one of the names Valen has taken over these years, and you and through the book, uh, you you see all these different names that he comes across from different areas, either different fights or different people he meets. But one of them is called the Hope Killer, and that's because during um, his what they what everyone calls the invasion and like i said you find out later on in the book what that invasion actually is during the invasion he fought this person who was called the hope who was going to be the next who was going to be the heir to the emperor for the empire and valen killed him and this struck a chord with a lot of people in, the, um, in in that empire especially Veneers who you find out of course later in this book and I think it's, a, it's, it's found upon no they go into it in this book and then later I think in the second book it's kind of more or less confirmed but Veneers had a special relationship with the Hope and of course he took it very personally when Valen killed him but since Valen was since, sorry, since Veneers was the chronicler for the emperor who had to note Valen being taken this place, what happens. And also there's an exchange where um, the Hope's widow was supposedly taken, and I use that with air quotes because you find out she really wasn't taken per se. But she was taken by the Mildians and this swap with Valen is supposed to kind of bring her home as well. So Veneers has to kind of be there to um, record everything that happens. But as he's on the ship and as they're heading towards the island, Valen kind of opens up a lot of things on what he thought of the, his real thoughts on the invasion, um, him having to actually talked with Janice and, Um, Veneers, being the person who records history, doesn't want to, even though he hates Valen, he doesn't want to miss this opportunity to get a lot of these things that a lot of people have been wondering and kind of, you know, they they don't really know who this Valen guy was, why they decided to... Why this king, why this kingdom across the sea decided to try to invade them, what really went wrong, and how he became this prisoner. He kind of wants this information. So, Valen, so throughout this book, it's told through Valen's point of view, and we're kind of getting his story as he's retelling it to Veneers. Now, through the story, we get the real story, but in Veneer's account, you start to see that. Even though he's telling us, the reader, all the information, he may not be telling the same thing to the Nears. There's a couple of accounts where um, one of the characters, uh, uh, Princess uh, uh, Lenora, or Lorna, sorry, I uh, always say that name wrong, but um, the princess, where he meets her and they really don't care for each other. He mentions that he really never sees her again but through his story we know he does see her again and veneers kind of picks up and he kind of and valen has to kind of make this excuse to say yeah well she was there but i really didn't talk to her but we know different um another thing that happens where something happens to one of his brothers and we know the truth because he talks about what happens, how he tracked him down and everything. But then Veneers goes in to be like, oh, so how, did, how, how was it that your brother just died like that? And he kind of has to make up an excuse. So it's kind of funny to see that he's actually, even though he's, he's telling this guy the truth because he really can't do anything different. You know, it's not like telling the truth really changes much, but there are things that he feels guarded, um, the story is really amazing as far as, you know, this, this um, really this kid's struggle with uh, being in the order and all the training and all the people he meets. And Emily Ryan does a really cool job with not only just the main character, but a lot of different side characters that, in my opinion, just pop up in and out very organically. There's his main four brothers that he um that make it through all the training with him that he trains with fights with and everything else um, he later meets a, um, a street urchin named friendis who also joins the order and becomes this um, basically the sixth um, addition to his uh, crew another brother for him that becomes a major player later on um, you meet a lot of other people like, King Janus, who's this old king but very crafty, that uh, villain sometimes like at first attempts to see if he can try to get him to help, but realizes he's just a basically a crafty uh, crafty old man who wants to get his own way, really. Um, and then also um, there's a lot of other people like the other people in the order. He finds out more now that the. the The description does um, hit it home with his mother because it turns out his mother was part of the Fifth Order, which is a kind of group that studies medicine and they're these healers and there's, um, uh, they're kind of there, they have like, um, clinics, within the kingdom or they'll go to different parts of the kingdom to try to help out. Not really warriors per se. They don't go through the same training as the sixth order does, but it finds out that not only was um, she a member of the fifth order, but actually sending him to the order was her idea. And that just throws everything out for out from under him. When he finds that out, Um, Cause at one point later on, after he's gone through at least a couple of the trials, his dad, the battle Lord, wants him to come back and he'd gone through so much and he's kind of with these other guys. It's like, I can't leave them. I can't just leave them behind, but there's also a lot of other mysteries going on. Like for instance, um, even though there's, they only talk about six orders, there's supposedly a seventh, but it's hidden And you find out a little bit more about that. And it's very funny. And I don't want to get into a spoiler of the other books just yet. And maybe if I go into the other books, I'll talk about this more. But reading back now, there's certain revelations that I'm looking at the book now, knowing what happens in the future. And he does set it up pretty well. Like there's certain things that are either overlooked or brushed aside or, um, kind of talked about hush that when you find out what really happened in those events in later books, it lines up. It isn't like, um, how can I say it's like, um, other shows or other TV shows that for instance, will in the, in the third or fourth season will kind of show this revelation. But if you look back at the first season, that couldn't have happened that way. Like things couldn't have transpired that, or there couldn't have been somebody behind it. But in this one, you can see it. You can actually um, see like when a certain person is revealed to. So in this faith, there's a thing called the dark, which are these special powers, and you can almost think of these like um, you can almost think of them like mutants in a sense. And they, there are certain people just built with certain abilities, and um, where normally it's either uh, frowned upon, or you know, a lot of people don't like to talk to, you know, talk about those things a lot. Um, by the later books, not only you find out there's more people like that around, but it's more accepted because, well, they have bigger problems. <laughs> and in the second book. Um, it really comes into play. A uh, second book called Tower Lord. Um, but you find out that there's, there were people with powers all the way back in the first book. But you just didn't know it at the time. But if you but if, when you're rereading it, you realize, oh, this was them using that ability. Or this was them like trying to hide it. Or this was this group hiding the fact that they already knew. Um, so there's a lot of intrigue on it. I really recommend this book. Um, like I said, I'm going to keep this a little bit short only because um, I've really enjoyed Bloodsong, his whole story. Now, one thing I did notice on this one, and this is going to get into the new series that's coming out. Now, Bloodsong was taken, is taken directly from his point of view with the exception of Veneer's account. But for the most part, it's all veiling, and even Veneer's account he's with Valen. So this guy is talking with Valen. So we never leave Valen. And for the most part, all the major events he is a part of, or whether it's him at the King's court or in the different lands of the Fife where he's, um, you know, doing these different missions for the King or the evasion that happens in the sea. And it does go into that. Even goes into um, how he kills The hope, and it's interesting, because up to that point, you know, Veneers talks a lot about the hope killer, the hope killer, and, you know, what you did and what you took away from us, and when it gets to that point, it's such a quick fight that... Even Valen doesn't understand what the problem was. <laughs> like he, uh, this is kind of a spoiler, but basically the Hope wasn't much of a fighter and attempted to charge Valen. And at this point, Valen had already gone through all the trials. He had gone through several missions for the King. Um, this is also a point where he has. He finds out he has his own ability called the blood song, which is um, think of that more like the force almost not the um, telekinetic part of the force, but the more in tune with his surroundings and um, able to discern different things or be be able to kind of look deeper in people and understand things. And also, um, you know, read, um, Kind of like your ability has made him be able to almost perceive things better and move faster and things like that. So he's about to fight this guy and he's just on the battlefield and this, you know, um, the standout guy starts to make this charge from him and he kind of looks like he's like, what's this rookie doing? And he takes him out, quit. And when he doesn't know, the entire other army. Pretty much just stops and turn, you know, and, and most of them either turn or um, they start attacking with like no order whatsoever. And he's like, "Who was this guy?" And it isn't later until he finds out he's the Hope, and they have this whole name for Hope Killer. But there's um, but there's also a kind of touching moment later with Veneers when he's after he's listened to Valen talk about a lot of different things, where he kind of he comes. Clean with himself to realize that even though he loved this man, The Hope, and what he did, he was never a fighter. And after meeting Valen, he understands Valen's a fighter. He's a warrior. In a lot of instances, he's a killer. And regardless of how he felt about, um, how Veneers felt about his friend, The Hope, when you go against somebody like that, there's only one outcome. And um, it's kind of a you know, pretty touching moment. And I won't give away what happens. But um, you can kind of guess that since this only takes place. Since Veneer's account only takes place five years after where the where Valen's account ends. And these other books um, still have Valen in it. You can kind of get that he does come out of the uh, uh, this kind of mock trial he has on the islands but like i said i would encourage anyone anyone listening to read the book so you can see yourself and i think you'll have a i think you'll have a good time reading it but one thing i do want to kind of jump on before i cut this off is that when i first read them and finished all the books so the first book like i said is in valen's name but the last two books, which are The Tower Lord and The Queen of Fire, what, they did, what he did in those two books is that instead of just being in Valen, we actually followed other people. So in the first book, all is Valen. But in the second book, we follow Valen. We follow Frentis, his friend, because he plays a major role in a lot of events. Um, we follow Reva. Reva. Who's a new character who has a basically um, she's been taught to fight at a very early age, um, tortured to fight almost, and uh, believe she has this blood feud with Valen. And then lastly, we also have Princess Lerna, who we met in the first book. And I think, and basically, we're following these people because. At a lot of different points, they're gonna um, they're gonna encompass different events that the other characters aren't gonna be a part of. And whereas in the first book, Valen was a part of at least all the major events that concerned us, because this was a lot big. Since the next two books were a lot bigger, they started following other people, and that follows for both the Tower Lord and Queen of Fire so we're following all these different people but it looks like wolf's call is going back to follow valen and get valen because it seems like we're going to be following his journey more than everyone else's so give me just a moment i'm actually going to pull up that one And let's see there we go because it comes out so and hopefully this won't give us too many spoilers but anyway uh, Anthony Ryan's debut novel Bloodsong the first book of the Raven's Shadow series took fantasy world by storm now he continues that saga with the Wolf's Call which begins a thrilling new story of the razor sharp action and epic adventure peace never lasts Veiln Sorna is a living legend, his name known across the realm. It was his leadership that overthrew empires, his blade that won hard-fought battles, and his sacrifice that defeated an evil more terrifying than anything the world had seen. He won titles aplenty, only to cast aside his earned glory for a quiet life in the realm's northern reaches. And for that, you will definitely have to read the other books and it goes into a lot of detail because trust me, even after the first book, his fight's not over and it gets even crazier. But anyway, yet whispers have come from across the sea, rumors of an army called the Steel Horde, led by a man who believes himself a god. Valen has no wish to fight another war, but he learns that Shrin, the Sharon, sorry, the woman who he lost long ago has fallen to the horde's grass. He resolves to confront this powerful new threat. To this end, Valen travels to the realms of the merchant kings, a land ruled by honor and intrigue. There, as the drum of war thunder across the kingdoms riven, riven by conflict, Valen learns a terrible truth, that there are some battles that even he may not be strong enough to win. So, this is kind of interesting in two folds. Uh, Sharon is a character that we meet very early in the first book, who Valen falls for, and we see that uh, relationship uh, blossom later on in the books. But unfortunately, at the end of the, f- end of the first book, she's actually, um, she has to be basically taken away from him. A situation confronts that she can't return to the realm. And if she stays by his side, she will get killed. Uh, so he has to get her away, which unfortunately, um, not only does he doesn't like it, but she also, at least in the book, you kind of find out that she may have seen that as a betrayal Even though she is smart, she's definitely smart enough to understand why it happened. But he does have to trick her so that she doesn't, so that she does get spirited away. So it is one of those things where um, it'll be very interesting when they meet. And when they talk about the realm of the Merchant Kings, there's a character that he also meets called Am Lin. Who helps him with his blood song ability. That I'm that I'm also wondering may involve him because um Lynn is the one who helps um kind of uh spirit her away uh so it'll be interesting that if they bring back his character as well now I find it really funny because after I read the first three books I actually decided to email um Anthony Ryan just um just because because he does have a Website AnthonyRyan.net that he keeps up to date with all of his books, and he's even got a lot of different um, short stories uh, that happen within both uh, the Memory Draconis and in the Raven uh, Shadow series. Uh, He has, like, these little short novels of different events and different people that happened before or during different events. And just out of the blue, I decided, you know what? Let me email this guy and let him know what I thought about his story. And I figured I'd ask him, hey, will we ever get Shirin? Because at the end of the third book, this is kind of a spoiler. At the end of the... Okay. Okay. During the course of the first book, she spirited away so that she wouldn't be harmed. But by the third book, we never really go back to her. She's this kind of lingering thing. And he does mention, I believe, in the third book of maybe trying to find her because he knows she's still alive. But they never really go back to it. I actually emailed Anthony Ryan to ask him um will we ever get back because i really enjoyed her character and i wish they'd get back and he actually responded or maybe um a representative of his who handles his email i don't know but if and if if for some strange and unknown reason he listens to this i want to say i appreciate the email back i'll say that right now but um uh when he heard back, he's like, um, "Yeah, I haven't forgot." He gave me a message, uh, basically on the lines of, "I haven't forgotten about her, and her story will be soon." And sure enough, after all these, uh, after the trilogy, he comes out with a book, and it talk, it directly talks about her. So I don't know. Maybe I figured out his his next book before um, he had it finished. I'd like to think so, but yeah, who knows? But I thought that was really cool that I had emailed him way back about Sharon and about, um, you know, if he'd ever find her again. And sure enough, his next book is about that exactly. Uh, but I encourage you that if you want to check out some of his books um, or just kind of check out, you know, uh, the different things he offers, anthonyryan.net. But I'll definitely say that if you enjoy kind of like the um, uh, like action pack kind of uh, fantasy kind of like swords and a little just a little bit of magic here and there with um, and I don't know if I want to call it magic. It's powers, but not necessarily magic per se, but um, we'll just say mysticism. Maybe maybe that'll be a better um, blood song is a really good book to just kind of jump into um i also recommend slab city blues i thought that was a good series though i personally read the third book first which is called the hymn of the gods so and i know somebody that i tried to suggest it to it and they didn't care for the series so maybe my suggestion is read hymn of the gods you won't miss much because he doesn't, because the main character doesn't have a lengthy backstory per se that you have to worry about. Um, but you can read, you can jump into him and the Gods and then go back to read the other two. Um, only thing is like, there's a major event, but they give you enough of information of what happened to that event to understand what kind of reputation he has. But... Anyway, after all that and hearing that my laundry or my washing machine is actually done, I can actually work on that now. Um, we're going to call this to a close. I thought this would be short, but it actually is almost up to an hour. That's what happens when you're talking about a good book or a series I've enjoyed. Um so once again, Bloodsong by Anthony Ryan, I highly recommend it. And I really recommend all his work if you ever have a chance. Uh, but definitely start with at least Bloodsong. And if you want to do Cyber City Blues, I kind of recommend the third book first, Hymn of the Gods. And Dragus Memoria, uh, Draconis Memoria is a good book, but I think prepare to read the rest of the trilogy. Because even the first book will kind of leave you... Even though the first book is good and it kind of works standalone, it'll leave you wanting to uh, see the next one, whereas Blood Song, I think you can read that one by itself, and I have a good feeling the way this sounds like, you can probably jump into Wolf's Call without having to read the other two, and it'll probably give enough information, but... We'll know that by the uh, end of this month because I'll definitely pick it up when it's available. But I want to thank everyone who's listening. I hope that you've had a great day, a good 4th of July weekend. Um, I will try to get back on track with these episodes. And I'll see you next time. Peace.